0: Let's go. Set it up. Top of the show. Form. Check form. Cover down. Do it again. Run it back.
1: And we'll see you at the show.
2: It's great to be back with you guys again for another episode of On a Water Break. Thank you so much for watching our first episode and I am so glad to have our panel back together with us again. How are you doing? How's your week been? Beth, how are you?
0: Oh my gosh, I'm it's crazy busy cuz I work in, in travel and logistics for groups, so like it's a quite a busy time getting ready for all their spring trips, but been a great, it's, it's a great week. It's a great time. And it's fall. It's marching band time. Come on. How much it doesn't get better.
2: Heck yeah, Bantober. Whitney, how has bantober Tober been treating you?
3: It's actually been going very well. I'm um getting over a cold right now, but other than that, it's flying by. You know what? You sound
2: awesome today, even though I know you were worried about it, but I'm so glad you're feeling
3: better. Thank you so much.
2: So we have a Special guest clinician Ooh. coming up here in just a little bit. And you guys know who he is. Anybody have any hints about who's about to come up and talk to us?
4: Well, I heard that he is... Uh, that, that I'm sorry. I, I've heard that this person is a legend in the drum corps activity.
0: He's kind of like... Um... King Arthur, because he has this this platform that is a certain shape. Some
2: might even call him a beast.
4: I I hear that this person is uh, quite motivational in the field of the marching arts.
2: (laughs) Well, without any further ado, let's go ahead and bring him in. Today we are talking to our guest clinician, Tim Hinton.
1: Yay. <laughs> Tim, how are you? I guess it would help if I unmuted myself. Hey, thank you so much for having me here. I love those introductions and those clues. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
2: So I'm really excited to get to talk to you. It's been a while. We've done some work together, Tim and I have. And, uh, Yeah, I just, I'm excited to kind of be on the flip side of this though, because I know Tim, you do a lot of interviewing of other people in the marching arts. So you've been doing this a long time. Tell me, what is your earliest memory that's related to the marching arts?
1: My earliest memory from the marching arts ever? Yeah. I would say that would be a little kid sitting at home on a Friday night, hearing the band play two streets over at the high school football game. I think even before I was big enough to get to go to the game, um, I remember hearing the band play and the crowd cheering and the football sounds on the loudspeaker. And I just loved it. And then I remember going and getting to watch the band and my sisters were on the drill team at the time and they were uh, out there performing. And so um, I wanted to be a part of that and the excitement of marching band from really some of the earliest times I can remember. So, Tim, uh, who is the
4: who is your why in the marching arts activity? Who is that? Who was the person that? Uh, who is that that person that made you go? Why do I want to do this? Why is this so important to me? Um, probably.
1: Well, I'm not sure. I make, let me make sure I understand the question. Um, the, who is the person that made me want to be in the marching arts yeah. or be a marching arts educator? Or what do you what do you mean?
4: Who was the one that really inspired you to go on and and go do, go down to, to
1: those two two streets to the football field and go be part of the band? Oh sure. Well, I I would say I've just always been a musician and I've always wanted to play music. I started banging on the piano when I was just a little kid, um, but I will. I had two really influential band directors in my career. One was my French horn teacher in my elementary school band director, Mr. Chrisman, who was really inspirational to me. And was the reason I'm a French horn player. And then especially when I was in high school, my band director, David Coles, um, was like the first person that made me feel like I was okay to be this kind of crazy, geeky, nerdy band guy that liked Prokofiev and, uh, you know, just wanted to live for band. And he made me feel like I was okay And I've had a podcast with him, anybody can hear that, where I thank him for being such an important influence in my life. So I'd probably say Mr. Coles especially um, was really important to me in those high school years when I was feeling like I didn't know who I was or where I fit in, and he helped me find that.
3: Tim, let's back it up a little bit and get to know a little bit more about you and where you grew up. What was your family like?
1: What was my family like? I guess they're like everybody's family. I had... um, two older sisters who I mentioned were on the the sort of dance team, drill team when I was in high school. My my parents were, my dad managed a bowling alley and my mom was a kindergarten teacher, but they um, always supported all of us in whatever we wanted to do. And I didn't realize until later when I was a band director, how important that was. Not everybody's parents were that way, but they they helped us get piano lessons and then they helped me get you know, be a part of the band and get French horn lessons and supported me all the way through. I had those parents who always showed up at concerts and volunteered. and I didn't realize, like I said until later how exceptional that was. So I really appreciate the, the great st- start and support they gave me as a young musician. So So Tim, what do you think what think about like the marching
0: arts in general that like your history and doing it? What's one of like the highlights or what's like one of the most favorite things you've done? as part of the marching arts, you know, up to, up to this point?
1: Well, I mean, I think like a lot of people, I've been in the marching arts my whole life. So there are so many highlights and moments that I can remember. Um, there are a few I can sort of highlight. I had the great privilege to get to March three seasons with the Phantom Regiment way back in the early eighties when I, that was that age. And those were really important years. I was part of that first Spartacus show that's famous back in the early eighties and there were some really special performances that we had doing that very theatrical show. Um, when it, that was being theatrical and doing those stories wasn't that typical that early on. So I loved those memories and getting to have those performance experiences with my friends. And then when I became a band director, there are some really special moments when I was conducting either a concert band or my marching band where um, there were times that were just really special where my students um, I could tell that they were being impacted by what we were doing. It meant a lot to them. And, um, you know, I think that's why we love being educators and being marching arts instructors, because you get to be a part of seeing those students be moved and be excited about what you're doing. So uh,
4: Tim, you, obviously you are extremely passionate about the marching arts. Um, What, what was your motivation? Why did, why did you want to start the uh, marching arts education series?
1: Right. Well, (laughs) I, We, I have that story. I've told this story a number of times, but uh, I'm I'll, I'll happy to tell it again that when we first started the podcast, it was back in 2010, and a bunch of friends and I were sitting around grousing about drum corps at the time. Oh, man, why are they doing shows this way? Man, I don't like the direction of the activity. We were just complaining. And at a certain point, we were like, well, maybe we should be doing something to try to help instead of just sitting around grousing about everything. So we said, well, what can we do? Um, John Bogenschutz of Tone Deaf Comics came up with the idea, well, maybe we can have a podcast where we talk about it. Because especially, and I love that you guys are having this podcast where you're talking about things, because one of our motivations for starting the Marching Roundtable was there were really difficult things that we felt like people need to be talking about. You know, things that didn't seem to be going right or issues around the marching arts around music in general. People weren't talking. We're like, can we create a safe space Together, they're respectful. People feel comfortable to really have serious, you know, thoughtful conversations. so, that was our initial convers. Our initial goal was to try to be helpful rather than just sitting around complaining. Because it's always helpful in life if you're frustrated about something. If you do any little thing toward it, it makes it, you feel better about it. I did something to help, so that's where we were. And then we wanted to have a place where people could have those conversations. So I'm really proud that after, gosh, eleven or twelve years of doing the podcast, and now the Marching Arts Education with the webinars and videos and things. Our goal is always to make people feel comfortable to let them have a place where they can really be themselves and talk and, and get, you know, have serious conversations about things, um, that really might make a difference. And so I, I always encourage anybody to do that. And I love that you guys are doing that here again, on this podcast, creating a place where people can talk, enjoy talking about, um, the world of marching and music and movement. And I love that you guys are doing this. Fantastic.
0: So. Yeah, right, right, Chris. I mean, it's just this is just chock full of of gems. I just love this. I love. I mean, we get to talk about band. Come on. Um. So you know, why not? Why wouldn't we want to do this? Um. So Tim, tell tell us what's coming up next with with uh, marching arts roundtable.
1: Oh my goodness, I'm not really sure because we're always <laughs> trying to um, find the next thing. One of the things we're trying to do a lot of though at Marching Arts Education our website is um creating. A, Giving people access to the information they need. That's been our other concept the whole time. Is you know, you watch a, I, I, this happens to me a lot. You watch a group and you're like, man, if that group just knew a couple things, if I could just talk to that instructor or that director and just like tell them a couple things. So that's what we're trying to do is give people a place where they can find that stuff. So we're doing courses on all kinds of things. We have brass courses with Matt Harloff and we have, I've talked to Scott Chandler and yeah. and uh, ColorGuard people. And also we're trying to create a lot of resources. People can go and learn the things they need to know to do better. And so that's our continuing mission is to can keep having these great conversations, hopefully that are helpful to people. Um, and right now we're we're building some new courses um, right now specifically about Color Guard that we're hoping are gonna be helpful. Well, that's awesome. We look forward to seeing those
2: that is great. Uh so Tim, do you want to tell our performers where they can find your social media?
1: Absolutely. Well, you can our website is marchingartseducation.com. And of course the Marching Roundtable podcast is located there, or you can find it at MarchingRoundtable.com. Um we have a robust Facebook thing because our sort of educator crowd is often on Facebook. We're also on Instagram at Marching Arts Education. You can find us on Twitter. Um, haven't ventured off into TikTok yet, but everybody's encouraging <laughs> us, and I think I have somebody that might do that. Um, but really, if you just search for Marching Roundtable or the Marching Arts Education, you'll be able to find all of our stuff.
2: Well, we have a giveaway that Tim is going to be a part of, and you guys are gonna hear about it here soon. Um, we're gonna go have a nice little rehearsal chunk, and uh when we get back from that. You guys are going to get some advice from some of our other hosts. So we'll see you in a minute.
5: On a Water Break is teaming up with Style Plus, Guard Closet, and Marching Arts Education to do some great giveaways this winter. The first is two $500 scholarships to two performers in an independent percussion, wins, or color guard competing in WGI this winter. That's right, one for a guard person and one for a wins or percussion individual. If that's not amazing enough, we will also be awarding to two groups a set of 20 style plus performance tops or a set of 20 unitards. One set of unitards for the winning color guard and one set of performance tops to a wins or percussion group. Check out more information about this opportunity on our website at onawaterbreak.com. Everyone that registers will receive a free month of service from Marching Arts Education and all their amazing educational offerings. The winners will also be invited to be panelists on our podcast throughout the winter season. You'll tell us about your experiences as a performer and your insights into what's happening in the marching arts. Again, check out our website at onawaterbreak.com for information about applying for these opportunities.
2: right everyone take 10 make sure that you go over that new drill set in your head as you're going through and getting your water now is the time in rehearsal when we solve everyone's issues or at least we try to we are marching band staff definitely not miracle workers so let's get going i am here once again with trevor bailey and justin surface to answer all of our burning performers' questions. Let's get right to it. Our very first listener question is, if you had to explain general effect to students in as few words as possible, what would you say? Oh, this is a good one because you guys are also
6: judges.
7: Justin, what do you got for me? You want to go first, Uh, my friend?
6: Sure, I could tackle this one. I love – I live in the realm of general effect. That's my bread and butter. Um, Let's see here. In as few words as possible – General effect, in as few words as possible, would be um, I would explain it as what you make the audience feel. That's general effect. Um, in as few words as possible, that's that's. I mean that there's no better way to describe it. It, it, It's what you do to make the audience feel something, whether that be tension or that be sadness or excitement, happiness. I mean, that's all general effect is, is what are you doing to make the audience feel something?
7: Um, Yeah, absolutely. I I concur. Um, I'll think I'll add to that. General effect equals students. (laughs) (laughs) You're, You're, Your connection with the audience. Mm, Your connection with the audience using the vehicle of your production. I -hmm. think that would be a pretty good kind of short answer. Absolutely.
6: Absolutely.
2: That's awesome. And I think that's cool that it's like something that that's one of the consistent things over all of the marching arts. You're always going to have general effect, whether you're in marching band or drum corps or indoor, like, general effect is looked at everywhere so that's awesome they can like take that and blend it into everything they do our next question is jack of all trades master of none is it okay when teaching guard equipment what if a high school student never learns weapons and only spins flag I actually would like twist this one too because not necessarily just for guard like what about A woodwind player versus a brass player or a drummer who might also want to play a woodwind. What do you guys think?
6: Um, I want to start off. Sorry, Trevor. Um, Oh, you got it, buddy. So I hate this idiom because no one ever says the whole thing. The actual whole idiom is a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one.
7: Yes. Thank that you that is the whole phrase. They just leave that out. They just forget about that part.
6: Exactly. It, the whole phrase is literally about you know what? Sometimes it is better to actually dabble and be able to do many, many things instead of just mastering
7: one thing. So And if you have a if you have a student or human being who has interest in many different things and is able to show some talents in many different captions, instruments, guard equipment, they're usually some driven people, like the people that I know, Justin and -hmm. and Jackie, or who do those kind of things, are usually pretty talented at like those little things. They Mm -hmm. just have an attention span, a thirst for learning or trying new adventures that maybe other people don't have that doesn't cause them to like journey around like that different spectrum. Jackie, I just want to add that I love your analogy, like comparing it to like a percussionist maybe, like on the flip side of it. Mm -hmm. Like, are you a snare drummer or are you a percussionist? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, oh, and then compare, compare, compare that to are do you are you a member of the color guard, the visual team presenting the colors, presenting the the, the rifle, the dance, the choreography, or do you or do you just spin rifle? Can you just mm-hmm. go to five and call it a day? I think it's important that we need to be versatile as as individuals and 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 mm-hmm. as to um, our performers, you know. Mm-hmm. Are, or, or interested and intrigued to better themselves in in different ways.
6: Oh, absolutely, Trevor. I mean, I'm a product of that. I played percussion through high school and then was doing Winter Guard. And then when Jazz Band came along, I got tired of sitting out on half of the sets because I because there were two drummers. So I learned saxophone because I got bored. So I'm a huge proponent of, you know, giving, at least giving the students the opportunities, kind of wrapping back to what the question actually was asking, <laughs> asking about what if a student, you know, never learns Weapon and only does flag. As long as you're giving the students the opportunity to learn what they want, you know, um, you know, just making sure they have the opportunity. I mean, I will always edge towards if a kid comes up to me, whether they're a horn player, whether they're a percussionist, whether they're a color guard, and say, "Hey, I want to learn how to do this too." Absolutely, go for it. Shoot for the stars. Absolutely,
7: ab- absolutely, and 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 I think that. You know, the more you learn about something, the more you're you're able to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I think if if more people appreciate it, maybe walking a mile in someone else's shoes, the the more <laughs> the more the more understanding you can have, and the better your work as a team. You know, when you're you're actually doing the thing that you like to do, or spinning that rifle, you know, doing your specialized thing because you've able to, you know, kind of dip your toes in different water. So I think it's awesome. Yeah.
2: All right. Yeah, that's, I I think it's great too. Definitely, if you can at least have the option there, go for it. Next up, this next question is our favorite. It's text a friend time. This is the part of the podcast where we have 30 seconds to try and get a friend of ours to answer a question. We don't know what the question is in advance, so we get bonus points if we can actually call the person on the phone. So Justin and Trevor and I are all ready to text a question To our friends, as soon as Jeremy asks it,
7: come on, Jeremy, here we go.
5: Now I, I just have to jump in just on the last one a little bit. I was a career flag, so I'm like, I'm a big, like, I never wanted to be anything else. Maybe I wasn't ambitious. I don't know. (laughs) It it was mostly for me. I was afraid of like going on to the. I never wanted to go onto the floor, like, scared of throwing something. And if you're throwing a rifle, like, it's just too scary to me. I don't want that nerve. I just, like, want to be a ham and be a performer and be over it. But anyway, um, so (laughs) this week, your question is straightforward and very simple. And I think that most of the panelists here will know, but I want to see who's the panelist that can get the first to answer this question. So this week's question is... We've all heard of Ohio State University marching band and we all know what Ohio State University marching band is famous for. So what instrument does the performer who dots the I in the script Ohio at Ohio State typically play? Go. (laughs) And once again, we have our we have our snare drum music. Um, we're we're looking for possible other suggestions of our snare drum music. Do we all have, we all, do we, uh, do you all know? Do you all know? Yeah. Yes, yeah, I is.
2: know. And I think I might even have a phone call.
5: <gasps> oh no. What?
2: Oh no, it says call failed. <laughs>
5: <laughs> uh oh. Oh. Oh no.
2: Hello. <laughs> Hi Brent, how are you?
8: I'm um, well, Jackie. How
2: about yourself? I'm doing good. So, uh, guys, I have on the phone Brent Becker, who is the designer at Stanberry Uniforms. If you follow him on Instagram, he is at Brent Becker Designs, and he's also a brilliant marching band person. So, I'm calling <laughs> Brent. I have a great question for you. In Ohio State University's marching band. What instrument does the person who dots the I play in the word Ohio? I believe
6: that's a sousaphone.
5: Sousaphone! Sousaphone is correct! Sousaphone Thank you. is
8: correct! Yay! Woo!
5: We get a big applause. Sousaphone. We even give you the big applause for that one. <laughs> wow, Jackie wins. All right. Jackie wins this week with extra bonus points by getting Brent on the phone to answer the question. Thank you so much,
7: Brent, for participating.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Brent. You're welcome. See ya. <laughs> Bye.
7: My thumbs were not fast enough to to defeat Jackie. This no, week. man.
6: Jackie was quick this
7: <laughs> week. On wow. fire over there. <laughs>
2: I might have been talking to him since the last oh, question. Oh,
7: okay.
6: <laughs> All right. I see how we're gonna play this game. All right. Well, I'm after you next week.
2: <laughs> All right. So. Man, I'm on a high now. Let's do. do We have to go on to the next question. Can we just live in this for a moment?
7: (laughs) Oh no, no. You have to win gracefully, my friend.
2: (laughs) Oh, oh, okay, okay. (laughs) All right, let's go on to question number four because this is a really important question. Doctor Beat, how much is too much?
7: Well, 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 well. Can I go first? You go right ahead. All right, all right. I think, I think Doctor Beat is a necessity. Uh, for your ensembles to play together. Um, that old adage that too much of something it is uh, probably a bad thing. That's why I don't sit in my room and eat chocolate chip cookies all day. I just eat a few at a time. Um, but I think it's important for your students to understand and relate. <laughs> you like that?
6: You just made me discover I'm doing it all wrong.
7: Doing it all wrong? <laughs> okay, I go to inverse? Yeah, I think yeah, guys, I just think that, you know, whether you're sitting inside a band room like in Texas or you're on a cold marching band field in Minneapolis or an indoor drum line in, in Florida, like using a using a Dr. Beat is, I think, essential to make sure that, you know, your performers know, you know, where where tempo is. It represents tempo, it represents pulse uh communicating you know how that pulse lines up to what you're seeing with the drum majors hands or the conductor's hands or the the, the conductor's hands i think isn't understanding that relationship having it and using it as as a great uh teaching tool but um you have to eventually wean the ensemble off of it because um it could you know if used too much become a crutch um, old school drum corps you know that i've heard stories of star of indiana you know, old school, amazing drum corps will use like a, met- a metronome for all of like a week of like learning the show and just not wean off of it. It just kind of completely like eliminate it. But it's been other drum corps, marching bands, indoor um, performing units who use it and just kind of wean their groups off of it while also explaining um, the 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 structure of, of why it's used and how it's used. And I think that's important. Justin, you think I'm on the right track, my friend?
6: Well, I'm glad you mentioned um, Star of Indiana because I, of course, am originally from Indiana. So I actually was taught by a lot of those folks. So I have a very love-hate relationship with Doctor Beat. Uh, um, I've taught with groups that, like you said, use it for you know a good portion of the beginning, then start to wean them off. Um, but when I was there, I was taught by um, you know some old Star of Indiana folk who were you. We had it for the first week. We we had it while we were learning the drill at band camp and then we never heard it ever again wow Um, so i you know i personally don't like to use dr beat that much um but i understand its need and i understand as an educator of course all students need different levels of and different forms of education so um yeah, so I, like I said, I have a love-hate relationship with Dr. Beat. Um so I, I get it's under it's use um and it's function and what it does. Um but if I'm the one making the decision, I always say, "Nope, turn it off."
7: <laughs> yeah, I just now love that because each group, you know, each the leader of the the ensemble can make that determination for that group, right? Like yeah. Um, like I can sit there and, and, and do like a chart, a flow chart of the first four weeks of my rehearsal and say, hey, for the first two weeks, I'm, we're going to be on the Dr. beat for the opener. And then we're going to wean it off for the third week, you know, create like a flow chart or something, you know, mm-hmm. hold yourself accountable um, and, and let the students know w- when the plan is to h- kind of help wean them off. I think giving them kind of pulling back the curtain and letting them know how much longer they're going to have that teaching tool. Mm -hmm. um i think is incredibly important as well you don't have to hold on to that information as a as a leader of of the of the band or or a performing ensemble sure
6: No, absolutely, and you know, there's a difference too between you know, from groups to groups. I mean, um, some groups have. I know I've worked with some groups that have that little earpiece that, like the the center snare will have on, and so Doctor Beat feeds directly into them, um, and no one else can hear it. Um, You you know, there's just there's so many. It's versatile in so many different ways. But again, you know, I like I (laughs) I'll say it every time. I love to hate Doctor Beat. (laughs)
7: <laughs> but is it different but is it different in your opinion from guard versus percussion I mean like the, the, the need of it the use of it
6: I for me personally I think there is I mean for guard it definitely helps when you're just trying to get them in the beginning to you know learn their drill spots and learn all that but when I'm trying to get my guards to um, be more artistic and be more effective and really delve deeper into their performance, um i think the dr beat even if i'm there with the band and the band's playing but dr beats there i there's just something about that noise at that point that it just we all know after we hear it for hour number three in a row, it's just uh-huh. in our head and we can't think of anything else. So I think it can get in the way of that performance side, um, especially speaking specifically for the guard who are really trying to hear that music and emote what's going on.
7: And, and speaking of music, that percussion side of things, uh, Jackie, I think that. You know, we all know our percussion friends, how they learn their music with the metronome on right behind them, right next to the bass drums, ping, 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 ping. And they're learning one measure, two measures at a time, you know, and looping it, you know, 10 times like per measure. Like it's kind of it's kind of like the the world that they live in, like with the with the percussion is learning one measure, two measures at a time. So I understand the the reliance on it uh, for our percussion friends, for sure.
2: Absolutely. So. Again, <laughs> it depends on your situation, as per usual. Uh hopefully you guys have gotten a lot out of this podcast section because there is a lot of discussion. Like a lot of these issues are not just black and white necessarily to answer. So if you want our staff to help you with your next marching arts issue, we have our staff standing by ready to help. Simply send us a voice recording or an email to onawaterbreak at guardcloset.com. Now, everybody get back on the field for the final rehearsal chunk. First, we have some band parents' announcements. Take it away, Cindy.
9: Hello again, everyone. It's Leander Mama back with another Mama Minute. And today we are talking with some of the boosters from the Mo and Jean Johnson High School Band. And we're going to be chatting about their upcoming journey to Grand Nationals. All right, well, first of all, I wanted to congratulate y'all on winning U.S. bands on Saturday. That's amazing. Of course, I'm not surprised that your second win, right? Yeah,
8: we were very excited about
9: that. But I also wanted to ask y'all about on um, Saturday when you had your um, send off of BOA Waco and the, you had what, fire trucks and all that? What did the kids think about all that?
8: I think it was really exciting for the kids. I think that, um, doing things like that in the community really give the kids a sense of pride and they feel they feel acknowledged for all of their efforts so it was really touching for us to see that as parents to see the kids acknowledged and just kind of you know for them to be able to see that the community just was stepping just kind of acknowledging their efforts like I said
9: well that brings me to a question I had about grand Nats. Are they taking your instruments like ahead of, like when y'all have your last rehearsal, I'm guessing your last rehearsal's today, are they gonna take the instruments then and just hit the road or, or how are they gonna handle that?
8: No, we, we uh, uh, personal instruments, everything else has already been loaded and those trailers went on the road this morning, early this morning. Um, our friends here in Hayes, at Hayes High School, um, I think maybe at Lehman as well, but certainly um, my understanding is Hayes is they're lending us instruments so we can still have rehearsal tonight
9: for the big stuff that already got on the road. Oh, that's so cool. I just love that about district bands. When you're in the same district, it always seems like there's just a phenomenal level of support, I just love that. So are y'all doing another send off for, for Grand S, just like you did that for the Waco one, or is that still happening? Um, the
8: school is gonna do a school-wide send off, so that'll be very special. That's not happened yet in our years there, and uh, as we exit, we're gonna drive through the parking lot of our middle school, actually one of our feeder middle schools, is right down the road, the other one a greater distance away, but that closer middle school asked if we would drive by through their driveway, through their, and they're going to bring out the school and cheer us out. They're never going to forget this. Do they?
9: Do y'all think that the kids realize how cool it is that they're going to Grand Nats and they're still such a young school and they're predicted to really to do pretty well there, do you think they realize? You
8: know, I don't. Um, not, not completely, but they they have an understanding of it. We talk, we all talk about it all the time, but I think part of the reason they do so well is because is because they don't realize, because that can be pretty overwhelming. <laughs>
9: yeah, it's probably good that they don't know what to expect. Uh, it'll be that much more special when they're there and experiencing it. So tell me, got tell me how you guys are getting there, and just a little bit about how y'all are making that work.
8: What our boosters did this year was in order for this to be, able to be cost effective, and every kid to be able to attend, uh, we're not going through a travel agency. Our boosters are acting as the travel agency. We've done all the accommodations, wow, and, um, hotel, everything, and so we're we're actually sending our kids to Grand Nats. So getting our kids over there for about $750 each. Wow,
9: that's amazing. I was 1300 way back in 2016 when my kiddo went.
8: So Yeah. So it means that because of our fundraising efforts, um, our kids are not paying a grand fee.
9: That's amazing. That yeah, really is.
8: We're really, we're really proud to be really able to offer that to, to, our, to our kids.
9: I'm just so excited for these kids. I'm excited for the guard to shine too because they did so well at Worlds last year, and
8: they're they're super excited, and we're excited for them, and we appreciate you, you know, um, being excited for us. Um, we've noticed that you know the the there's only four groups from Texas going, and I'll tell you those the other schools we we reached out to each other pretty quickly, and everybody's been very supportive.
9: Well, that yeah, that's awesome. There really is a Team Texas spirit that you really feel when you get out of the state and you are on that big stage, and it's it's really cool, it really is. Hey,
8: Cindy, we did get a, um, we all did get Teen Texas shirts, so people look out for those oh.
9: groups as well. Oh, good! Yeah, that was so fun when we did that in the past, and uh, it just really is cool how the bands unite when they get there, and of course band kids are cool anyway. They're just awesome. I yes, just love them. They sure are. They
8: sure are. <laughs> Thank
9: you so much for having us, Cindy, and for sharing in our excitement. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait to watch y'all on Box 5. Well, that's all for today's Mama Minute. Thank you guys for tuning in, and stay tuned for more Mama Minutes on future podcasts. And good luck on your run
2: this week, everyone. All right, that was some great advice. Now it is time for quick chunks with gush and goes. This is the time of our rehearsal where our staff get to gush and go on for about 30 seconds about anything they want that has to do with the marching arts. And I'm going to start it off today because I am so excited for the Macy's parade this year. I will actually be going, which I haven't been for the last couple of years, thanks to all of the craziness that's been going on. And for those of you who didn't know, I did have a child within the last year. So uh, I haven't been back for a while, but I am so excited to be going and working with the Macy's band this year. And it's just going to be so fantastic to be back in New York again and being on TV. So take it away.
0: Hey, everybody. I just wanted I'm so excited because we have an opportunity to coordinate a mass band to perform at the Special Olympics opening ceremonies and closing ceremonies in Belgium. Yes, you heard that Belgium. It's a seven day tour in Belgium where you get to be part of a mass band at the beginning and at the end with a couple of pop up concerts in the middle. Totally excited about this opportunity and can't wait to get more people involved, especially some of those adults that want to maybe uh, pick up their horns again and come with us on an adult tour. So we're super excited about that. So who's got the next gush and go?
1: Well, I'll go next because I just if you want to talk about something to gush about in the world of marching arts, I want to gush about all those designers and bands out there doing shows that are accessible to the audience. I love that there's this trend where people understand what's going on in the field. They know the music. The visuals are accessible. I love that trend and I love when audiences are happy, love the music, understand the shows. Thank you, designers and band directors and staff members and students for making those shows so accessible.
3: I agree, Tim. Actually, um, I was going to just comment on how um, how much the bands of this year have bounced back from COVID, and it doesn't feel like we really took that year off. I thought it was going to take much longer for us to get back to what it was pre-COVID, but everybody's been so resilient, and it's just been really amazing to watch everybody recover.
2: All right, Chris, what's your gush and go?
4: So I want to gush and go about all of the incredible costumes and props we're seeing this year in the marching field. I, I am just blown away. Like one that sticks out to me is Broken Arrow High School and that incredible jacket and the the uh, Shaco cover that they have. It is just amazing to see all the different colors, all the different uh, uh, variations on what a costume or uniform could be. Uh, And I also like seeing some of the more traditional. So I like some seeing some of the bands doing still wearing their traditional uniform, but really doing a fantastic job of looking sharp and clean. Uh, It's really been fun to see the variety of of of, of costuming on the field this year.
2: Thank you guys so much for all of your gush and goes. Uh, Let's go ahead and get set up for our final rehearsal chunk of our session
5: on a water break is teaming up with style plus guard closet and marching arts education to do some great giveaways this winter The first is two $500 scholarships to two performers in an independent percussion, wins, or color guard competing in WGI this winter. That's right, one for a guard person and one for a wins or percussion individual. If that's not amazing enough, we will also be awarding to two groups a set of 20 style plus performance tops or a set of 20 unitards. One set of unitards for the winning color guard and one set of performance tops to a wins or percussion group. Check out more information about this opportunity on our website at onawaterbreak.com. Everyone that registers will receive a free month of service from Marching Arts Education and all their amazing educational offerings. The winners will also be invited to be panelists on our podcast throughout the winter season. You'll tell us about your experiences as a performer and your insights into what's happening in the marching arts. Again, check out our website at onawaterbreak.com for information about applying for these opportunities.
2: All right, everyone, that was a great final rehearsal chunk. Take a breather, gather around. We're going to do band announcements. This is the part of the show where we give you news and information from all over the Marching Arts activity. I'll go ahead and go first. I'm going to tell you about the bands that are going to be in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade this year, because this was recently announced. Uh, Tarpon Springs is going to be there representing Florida. Florida. Vandegrift High School Marching Band, Viper Marching Band, and the Vision Dance Company will be performing. The Pride of the Dakotas. Of course, the Macy's Great American Marching Band, which is the only band that performs in the Macy's Parade every single year. Benedict College Marching Tiger Band of Distinction. Um, My alma mater, the University of Missouri Marching Mizzou, is going to be there. Oot, oot. Woo-hoo. Uh, the queer Big Apple core is going to be performing, and the oh, I don't even know if I'm going to say this right. The Delphines marching band. Mm.
4: Ooh. Do we know where they're from?
2: It does not say.
4: They're it mysterious. Just says
2: the the Delphines, Delphines marching band
4: to the internet.
2: Very Inter- excited to see all the bands. I and anybody from any of those bands, if you're looking at this, one of the my favorite things to do parade morning is to like run down the lineup and take pictures with as many bands as I possibly can for social media. So if you see me flag me down on Thanksgiving day, <laughs> my
0: friend, my friend Tom is there with him. He's going to be there with his South Dakota or with the pride right of the Dakotas. He's going he's to find there. Tom. So, yeah, <laughs> so I have to find Tom. Merrill. He'll be very happy to see you. And he is not shy about getting his picture taken. So Yay! go for it.
2: Yay. Selfies are like my favorite type of pictures. Beth. What news stories do you have for us today?
0: So I can't even believe it's taken this long. But uh, on October 8th of this year, it was a historic date in the history of Bands of America. For the first time in 47 years, not one, but two female announcers announced two Bands of America championships on the same day. It's, it was a momentous day for female power in the marching arts. Uh, Camilla Stassa, the Music for All Director of Participant Relations and Special Projects and Hall of Fame member, was the announcer for the 2022 Mid-Atlantic Regional Championships in Newark, Delaware. And then Courtney Mills, whom you might be familiar with. She's a dancer, choreographer, and educator. I know Courtney! Yeah, right? Courtney, Courtney showed up and had the mic. She was at the 2022 West Texas Regional Championships in Midland, Texas. So some big opportunities are coming up for for um, everybody, everybody to participate, you know, that we don't have to stick with one group or another. It's just nice to see and hear different voices uh, coming out of the announcer booth and, you know, just kind of taking charge and leading the way, which, you know, I'm very proud to know. I happen to know Courtney peripherally. So it's really cool to see a familiar face in the booth. Um, and it's kind of almost like a little it's a little dream of mine to do that kind of work anyway. So I'm kind of like a little, little starstruck, a little, little excited about this opportunity. Oh, that's it's way, so Beth,
1: fun. If, Beth, if that's your dream, you need to let somebody know. Don't keep that inside. I Tell just them. Did. This is did. This is my platform. I got the
0: mic now. <laughs> I'm on a podcast for crying out loud. I'm doing it. This is my dream. I just got to start somewhere. <laughs> Beth for BOA announcer 2024. Let's go. I'm I'm down, and I and I can travel. I work in a group travel company. So I got I've got the means. I got the modes, so I can get there. <laughs> Chris, what have
2: you got for us today?
4: So I want to talk about something that was crazy amazing at this past year's Drum Corps International World Championships with the Bluecoats Alumni Corps performance. Did we all see this? Uh, this was absolutely incredible. 450 members strong. And I believe they, uh, they had a member from every year that the Corps was in existence on the field. Uh, and just the incredible arrangement of, of bridging all 50 years of shows into one cohesive program. The design team was incredible, and uh, I had a few friends of mine from, uh, from my days and with Blast that were performing uh, on the, uh, with the core. I, I absolutely loved how they brought in you know their traditionals the, the, the traditional core songs of Autumn leaves, but then to also throw in little bits like the pitch Bend. And I loved that they had the original uh, flugel soloist from uh, Downside Up. So, I, if you didn't see it, make sure you get on, uh, make sure you get onto YouTube and go look it up if it's still there. I don't know if they've taken it down, but man, that was incredible. I had so much fun watching it. I get goosebumps just thinking about it right now. So that's what—that's my news.
0: Yeah, I had a friend from from Jersey, and he was he marched. He was on the field. And he just has he I think he's still on the field in some part of his brain. I think he's still <laughs> living that moment. He was so excited. And, and his social media, he couldn't he couldn't share enough about it. And what a great opportunity, you know, just when you think you've aged out and maybe that's that's behind you and you get that chance again. I mean, even if you've never marched core and you were only, you know, you, you've never done that. It's it's just so impressive. So cool. So very cool.
4: I th- yeah. I, and I think what I really enjoyed was seeing the current core standing on the front sideline, watching the alumni core and just watching the current members faces just light up with, with joy, saying that I'm part of this 50 years of, of heritage and legacy and like I'm leaving my mark. And well, they the, the junior core definitely left their mark on the field this year, too. What an incredible For show sure. that
1: was. Absolutely. And, you know, every time you see to- one of these alumni, I'm sorry.
2: Don't go right ahead.
1: That's <laughs> right on you, man. Every time you see one of these alumni cores, it's I find if you've been around a long time like me, if you're an old dog and you've been watching a lot of drum corps, it's really emotional. You know? And I think the whole audience, you can feel that emotion in the audience. We love those songs. We love getting to see them played. And you know what it means to the people in the field. You can feel that too. And so yes. it's always really special. Of course, now the Bluecoats have set this bar ridiculously high. So <laughs> as we were saying, well, good luck to the next alumni corps. But I think it'll, they'll always be great
2: for sure i had a friend of mine who was on it too and like he he had like helped us at wgi when my team went for the very first time this past season and like i think that was kind of inspirational to that they got to meet him and then got to see him on the field later too you know it's just so cool that you know you can go back and get to do those things
0: it gives you hope (laughs) especially for those of us that have been around for a while it feels like you know maybe i can (laughs) still do that maybe I I still have it in me for at least one show you know and because it was so impactful I think for all of us when we were on the field you know as active you know younger participants and you know just it brings all of that back whether that was your core whether it was or not you you know what that feels like and you know what it feels like to to see the crowd and have those emotions you know so it and I think that's one of the beauties of our activity is that it doesn't matter where you did it where you were, whether it was high school, whether it was college, whether it was core, whether it was junior high, whether it was a parade that you saw, you know it and it connects us all. And that's why we're, that's why we're here. That's why we're talking about it because it's that. Speaking
2: of parades, uh, Whitney, do you have one more uh, news story for
3: us? I do actually. And it is about a blind student that goes to Sci-Fair High School in Houston, Texas. And as somebody that lives in Texas, I know how brutal Texas can be and how um, intense it is here. So to see a student that is blind and is marching trumpet and is able to make his way around the field with help of two other members is just absolutely incredible. I thought it was so sweet and kind um, with how they set, they set him up for success and they had like a tether for him and they would help, with uh, their hands, by putting their hands on his shoulders to help him move and remember when to move, but even for him to just be able to memorize music is incredible.
4: You know, uh, Winnie, it, it's it's that, that's a an incre- a really great story. It reminds me of a tenor drum player uh, back uh, maybe two thousand eight, two thousand nine. He marched with the cadets and he also with Rhythm X, and he was technically legally blind. Um, but he wore dark glasses, and he can kind of see, but basically he was blind, but he did that incredible uh, muse show with Rhythm X, and it's just amazing to see how they how people with uh, disabilities can turn them into advantages and can really still still do the things that they love.
1: And I wanted to mention, I had the great privilege to have a conversation last year with the band director at Blue Spring South High School. They had two deaf color guard members on the field, and they actually had interpreters on the field signing the counts for those performers to get to participate. So I just want to mention, you can go to the Marching Roundtable YouTube channel and find that. And we see there's even footage showing that. But they had two interpreters from their school counting for those performers so they could participate. And these performers were like world-class so check that story out too there's lots of these inspirational stories of people including everybody and i love it every time we hear one goosebumps Hmm.
2: all right guys so we need to wrap up our rehearsal for today uh good luck everyone on their run this week and we will see you next time on our water break